Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ghetto Boys is back and reloaded All in your mind, yeah, now deep-throated This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded The disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated And they know it, we speak the truth so they quote it Cause we wrote it, the north, south, the east coast It's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing It ain't no stopping And once the beat drops in Violins, the system is so corrupt They throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us It's GB don't get it twisted, on cold and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits. It's Willie D, y'all. Scarface is in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. Reloaded. Reloaded with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, Tyron Woodley. My the man. champ is in the building. The I'm realist. I appreciate y'all for having appreciate me. Out you, here. Sure, appreciate sure. you, King. Appreciate you. Thank you. I see you for a little tick. Yeah. Man, um, tell me what's what it's like to be an MMA fighter. Cause you know, boxing is my background. Yeah. I've always had a problem with people kicking me. Like I thought kicking yeah. was the most disrespectful shit ever. Do you ever feel that way when somebody kick you? Did it does it turn up something in you? I mean, when I was younger. 
we fought in the street a lot. I fought in gangs. I fought like just to fight for fun, for sure. You grew up in gangs? St. Louis, yeah, I grew up in St. Louis. And um, fighting was just a way of life. Um, so for me, karate was a big thing because karate kid that came out. So we was doing mad karate in the crib. Mm -hmm. and I remember my, my dog Renaud kicked me in the face so hard. And my, you know, you get that headache in the back of your eyeball? Mm-hmm. He me kick me in the nose. My, I had a headache in the back of my eyeball so bad, but I told myself, "You better not cry. You better not cry. You better not cry." And How I just, old was you crying? How old was you? I mean, probably like ten. You still crying when you was ten? Man, you get kicked in the nose at thirty. Oh, in the nose. 30, in the nose. Oh hell no! Yeah, I cried. I kick. cried fifty right now. So, so I was. I think that's kind of like where I kind of built that extra layer of skin that, like, even if something hurt, I just didn't want to show nobody hurt. So the kicking part came later like I really most of my fights I don't do a lot of kicking um, I mm -hmm. wanted to box my whole life but my mom would never let me box mm -hmm. so that was the only sport that I really 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 wanted to do that I never did um, my my grandfather was a big boxing promoter in St. Oh, Louis shit. in Detroit Cassius Clay everybody you can think of he promoted everybody Leon so it's kind of my blood everybody Leon Spinks yeah. Leon Spinks Corey Spinks um, little Corey yeah small little yeah. so we um I wrestled in college, and when I graduated college, the the Ultimate Fighter show came out, and I was like, "Let me give it a try," because mm -hmm. I couldn't start boxing that at that age because I was twenty three years old. Most people start boxing in, as teenagers, so I said, "Let me try this MMA thing." And I was a coach at first, teaching people how to wrestle and stop people from taking them down because that's when the wrestlers was coming in taking everybody down. They couldn't stop it, so I was kind of like the the op. So I was teaching them how to stop the wrestlers from taking them down. And I was sparring so much and training so much two and three days because I was like the, the number one coach in the country. Everybody flew me out to train them. No shit. Yeah, nobody. I was the number one coach for, for wrestling because nobody knew how to handle the wrestler. So I was in such good shape. I'm like, well, let me just try this. So I just really got an MMA just kind of trying it out. Mm -hmm. Then I said, shit, I, since I'm in here, let's go ahead and go crazy with it. But you started very young. I mean, you, you, you were on the wrestling team. You won a championship. On a, on the collegiate level, you mm. won a championship on a high school level, yep. and you won a championship on a pro level. Yep. I mean, like you got that trifecta thing. Yeah, going I, on. I won a couple of state championships in high school, and then I went to University of Missouri. I was all American. I won their first Big Twelve title that they ever had at the school, and then um, had over hundred some victories. So I'm in the record books there. They just put me in the Hall of Fame, and then I went on the MMA and I won five UFC titles, Damn. and um, that's just kind of where people kind of know me from, but. More importantly, I just, I never wanted to be boxed in. Everybody wanted me to do one thing. They wanted me to just um, be one person. But I'm like, I'm an artist, so I do everything. Music, TV, uh, production, uh, fighting, really painting and art. So what, anything. What, what, what you do, um, um, like. The the WWE WWF or WCW yeah I I was on the, I was in the training camp for the WWE no shit yeah I was in the training camp in LA is a motherfucker and it's so dog I'm trying Man. to tell you. let me tell you what it is because what you're doing <laughs> is real now you asking me if it's real okay all right well, you can now if I don't, don't want to get a ghost up but I tell you what though. I got a homeboy named Booker T, right? He like, oh, he like two-time world champ yeah, or some I shit. shit. I don't know how many championships. Yeah, Booker but Booker T, T won a whole lot of championships, yeah. man. And and he stood up, right? So I'm looking at this big old motherfucker, and I'm like, man, I choke slam the shit out of Booker T. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> hey, he probably thought something different. 
That WWE training is crazy, up, man. Dog? The ropes itself. What's up, Willie? They finna go ahead, sir. What's, What's up, up dog? <laughs> What's up, man? I, I looked at the man and said I choked some of them the shit yeah, out of Booker T. That's when reality hits you. Like, <laughs> that Booker T will beat your mother. Broke the bricks <laughs> out your ass. <laughs> nah, that shit real. The training is real. It hurts. <laughs> like, there's a turnbuckle in here, huh? Because you got to hit so hard. The, the falls, the ropes. 1989 all over again. You calling Chief. Wait, where's Jay? <laughs> 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 Bring the boat. <laughs> Shouts out to my homeboy Booker T. No, that's my dog, man. Uh, but yeah. not, like, like it's 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 hard to um um it's hard to fake like dropping a motherfucker. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm a big ass wrestling fan from a little kid. I don't really watch it right now. So after I smell what the Rock was cooking. That was it? Yeah, that was dope, <laughs> dope, man. That, that smelled the dose. The thing about it is, is like, imagine, like, if you fighting in real life, a lot of time adrenaline going to take over, right? right? You will feel that pain and you feel that shit afterwards. So if somebody clotheslines you for real, boom, you be like, oh, fuck no, I'm going to go crazy on it, right? Yeah. But when you know it's coming and you got to look like you don't and you got to hit it and take the fall, like, in a way where it looks tragic, that shit hurt because it's mm. not really adrenaline. Adrenaline is like, I'm in this, but when you're actually going oh, through whatever they're point. doing, that is a hell of a point. I'm telling uh. you, like, I did it. It's a whole different thing because I've been wrestling, I've been slammed, I've slammed people. But you know, slammed you? No, nah, ain't nobody doing that. Mm-hmm. How tall are you? 5'9. Yeah, you, and how much you weigh? About 200 right now. Oh, yeah, I don't want to fuck with you. Tyrone, tell us the you can get done to you. Tell, uh-huh. us, tell us how you got even even got interested in wrestling because, you know, a lot of our kids, you know, a lot of black kids that, you know, come from our background, you know, we grow up and we have this idea of being a rapper or an athlete. Yeah. And you chose, I mean, wrestling is athlete. Yeah. Is, is, but athletic. it's not the basketball football but it, that But it's not the t- stereotypical bas- basketball I mean, football athlete. Like a fighter, period. You know? Yeah. But but wrestling is one of those things we don't... It's, that's not typically on a I black I mean, a uniform radar. throw it off, off the top, because they're looking at it like it's a leotard. You know what I mean? Okay. It's kind of a tight uniform, and most kids ain't really checking for that. They want, like, baggy uh, shorts. They want socks. They want they want look the cool. cool stuff, yeah. They want to make jump shots. They don't want to have uh, ugly ears, and you know what I mean? Have to shave your face, facial hair, look crazy. So for me, I was I was really. My coach said, "Hey, we got wrestling practice today. You know, come to wrestling practice." I'm like, "Man, I ain't coming to wrestling practice." So he like grabbed me up, like you know, you coming to practice? So I went, but in my mind, it's WWE. So I'm in there, ready for the ropes. I'm ready to jump off some stuff, but I don't know that it's not that kind of wrestling. I never heard of regular wrestling. Yeah. So I went into practice, and then. I didn't know no moves. I, it was like my first day. Everybody had already started. And he was like, um, you play football? I said, yeah, I play football. And he said, you know how to tackle somebody? And I said, yeah. So he said, that's all you got to do is tackle them and try to smash their back to the mat. And then that's how that's pretty much the just wrestling. So we was in practice. And I was young. And when I was young, I didn't I didn't know to think and I didn't know to care. So I was just slamming everybody. Boom, 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 boom. And he was like, we got a wrestling tournament tomorrow. You should come to the wrestling tournament. Now, remember, I only got one day of practice. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the moves is called. I don't know what's illegal. I don't know nothing. <laughs> so I went to this tournament, and I wrestled this kid, and, and everybody was, like, getting warmed up, and I don't even know how to warm up. I really don't know names moves. So I, I wrestled this kid, and I shook his hand. I just, All I remember is football tackle. So I picked him up, and I slammed him so hard, he had his tongue out of his mouth, right? And he bit down, and the, the tip of his tongue, he bit the tip of his tongue off. 
It was blood on the mat. It was blood everywhere. And I was freaked out. I'm like, I'm broke. I can't pay for this motherfucker. Hospital bills. But every all the kids around me was scared of me after that. And I was like, I like this. I like the way that felt when they was when they feared me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then I won that tournament, and that was history after that. I just kept wrestling. No but shit. I never, if someone would have showed me the uniform, told me we're wrestling, I saw a match, I would have never did it. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely done. fascinating. Yeah. It is, man, because it's no way. I, 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 I still don't want to wrestle. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it takes a lot of energy. Like, somebody, like, trying to force their position on you as you're trying to resist it, it's never ending static strength. In, in basketball, you can relax a little bit, but imagine being tense and flexed the whole time and always every little move is like a next chain move you got to be ready for it's a it's a chess match like a um, a static strength chess match if that makes sense mm-hmm. i can't i can't imagine like don't you have to like get on fours and then somebody get on top of you and then y'all go from there or some shit yeah, you gotta try to escape the, like from the bottom position so a lot of people aren't good at that i was terrible at that for real when i first started i was like i was really smart so i'm like i'm gonna take this dude down a lot, five, six times, okay? So I'm going to be up by mad points. I'm going to defer to him. I'm going to let him pick the choice. He's going to pick down. I'm going to let him up. I'm going to take him down some more so I can kind of break his spirit. Now, in the last round, if I choose to go down, then he's not going to pin me. He only got two minutes. He's not going to make up the points. So I won a lot of matches that way. Or I said, I don't feel like going down. I just went neutral. So mm. I went back on my feet. So I was before I got to college, I never really learned how to get away from the bottom. And then I spent one whole year when my coaches made me learn how to get away from the bottom. And the only matches I ever lost, I, I was like 47 to 7. I won a crap load of matches my freshman year. All seven matches, I couldn't get away from bottom. Mm-hmm. Only way that somebody beat me. And then when you learn to get away from the, the bottom, that's when you beat, I, to I changed the, the game. Level. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. black, black athletes in wrestling are the same stigma as the other sports. Strong, athletic, explosive, right? But no wrestling is a very skilled sport. Right. So most African Americans, to get off the bottom position is a mindset. I'm not finna let another man keep me down. I gotta get the fuck up. That's <coughs> really all it boils down to. Mm. It's technique to get up, but when you succumb and accept, oh, I can't get away, oh, oh that's, that's, that's when we say, no, no. If you keep trying to get up and everything you got, it's so hard to maintain top position when somebody's fighting hard to get up. Mm-hmm. Most likely they're going to let you up. So when I got that mindset, it kind of separated me. So I didn't want people to look at me as just an athlete that was strong and explosive and fast and had an extra calf muscle. You know what I mean? And and I had some matches when I lost because I was tired. I was cutting too much weight. So I lost. when I, My freshman year in college, I was in the match to be an All-American as a freshman, which is like not very likely. Mm-hmm. In that match, I lost in overtime because I was too tired to defend myself. And I told myself, that's the last time that's ever going to happen to me. So, so I made cardio. Yeah, okay. Cardio, I made it in my life because, you know, when you think about an athlete, we're just now getting to the point where we're accepting the quarterback as a African-American athlete, right? The skill positions or golf or something different like that, right? We're looking at running back and basketball players and stuff like that. So I tell my kids... You have to be in shape more than everybody else because everybody looking for you to fade. Like they used to say in college, chocolate melts. It's mm. Mad disrespectful. Mad that racist. Mean? That means that if you keep putting pressure on an African-American wrestler, they'll break. Oh, shit. So coaches used to say chocolate melts. So when you wrestle an African-American wrestler, the, the, the recipe to try to beat us is be really square, grab our wrists, control our hands, block all the shots, let you try, let you try, let you gas out, and then try to go after you. Mm. Yeah. How receptive was your family in you pursuing wrestling? 
in wrestling, it was really receptive because, you know, um, I can, nobody ever did it in my family. Um, nobody really ever did it in my neighborhood. Actually, my next door neighbor wrestled a little bit. But outside of that, I had nobody else that wrestled. Um, the thing they took hard was fighting because I was such a, you know, wrestling. I got a college degree. I went on, I was an All-American. It's kind of like a, a scholastic sport. And fighting at that time wasn't making money. It was kind of like a bar, like bar fighting. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, what's going on? You, are you going through identity crisis? And what's wrong with you? Like, like they was worried about me Damn. because like, why am I doing this fighting? So I got a college degree. I'm a coach. You know what I mean? I did this whole thing where I'm all American. Why am I going into this crazy fighting in bars for free? I fought mm-hmm. for free for three years. But I just, I don't know. I just wanted to do it. It's that adrenaline rush. It's that adrenaline. But I felt bad when I first started doing it because I was like, I remember I told my friend, I said, man, I feel like I can kill somebody with my hands. I don't know if that's godly or if I should No, I felt like I felt like if I wanted to, I could. But then I didn't know if that was a good thing. That's a good thing. But think think about this. How many times they've been warning? Look in the Bible, look in any religion. People have been warned forever, right? So that's a good thing, man. I know how you feel, bro. Yeah. Cause like when you in especially when you're in tip top shape, yeah. you feel like you can beat the world. I feel like anybody can get it. Yeah. Oh, with your man. with your bad hands. Uh-huh. Like I, like right now, I feel like I is anybody across right directly across. Directly, from me, I, I feel like I'm. I feel, a, like, I I feel like I'm gonna be mediating, officiating this shit out. Hey, of him, you know what I'm saying? Never to get I up. Feel like I can do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm moving to the side. <laughs> I, I, I see I right now. That. I'm gonna be right in the middle officiating. Yeah, no, nah, I ain't. <laughs> no, nah, Willie's always been violent, man. <laughs> my 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 question is: that, that Does professional wrestling, like the wrestling that you did, does that does that pay like a a nice Check. Nah, I mean in collegiate wrestling, professional wrestling professional. is the WWE. That's so, professional wrestling. But that's what professional because they they make money. They call the the wrestling that we do collegiate wrestling is really amateur because you can't be a professional and go to the Olympics. So when these guys go oh, to the Olympics, shit. you don't make money into the Olympics, and they barely so, make money. So when you go into the 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 WWE and that kind of shit. I don't like calling names, so bleep that shit for me, Mario. But when you go into that part of wrestling, that's considered pro wrestling? That's considered pro wrestling. That's where no you make shit. money. Yeah. Wow. Amateur wrestling is the actual f- sport that you see in collegiate or Olympics. Okay. You, you can get sponsorships where they like, I'm sponsored by... Um, I don't know, Sunkiss Kiss or Dave Schultz or something like that. Mm. They'll they'll like you. They'll give you a little bit of money. It'd be like five hundred dollars a month. It'd be some nothing, um, uniforms, gear, and then when you go, you have a patch to say he wrestled with Sunkiss Kids or Dave Schultz. And mm. some people thought that was a flex, but even when you win the Olympics, like these guys aren't even getting a million bucks. Hmm. That's the top of the top. Yeah, they're getting hundreds of thousands, maybe if that. Mm. I feel like you had a gold medal and from the Olympics, you should be getting a whole whole ticket. Well, well, they get their money from endorsements, right? That's where the money comes nah, from. Nah. They ain't getting no money. That's why I said you're I'm done. You, I'm you, done. You're, you're saying the wrestlers are not getting any money? That's why I said I'm done doing freestyle. Yeah. Because that's what I feel like I'm doing it for free. That's the sport. Of, um, that's the um, the genre. So it's Greco, Roman, when you can't touch the legs, and freestyles when you see the guys throwing, they can do the regular takedowns. Mm-hmm. That's the international. So I'll say I ain't doing freestyle no more. I can wrestle somebody in an MMA fight and make money. So then MMA. I just MMA, mixed mm-hmm. martial arts. Um, That's where the money is in the MMA. It's now there. It wasn't there before. When I got into it, I, it was... I fought first three years for free or ticket sales. 
I remember my first payday was three hundred bucks. God damn. Then five hundred, and I thought I was living La Vida Loca when I made a thousand mm. for a fight. Knowing that you were part of the you know, people that um, built MMA to what it is now, and that you didn't get the money that you perhaps should have gotten back then, you know. Uh, how do you feel about that? And, and, and what are you doing to make sure that you don't like just leave that all behind and throw it away because you still have some great influence. You still have a, a name. Yeah. You got a brand and you could still get money in, in that. Like, is, are you doing anything? Well, I like, can get money more than I was able to get then because I'm the only free agent in the sport in combat sports. No other fighter can say they can go and fight anywhere, any place, any country, any format of combat, kickboxing, boxing, MMA, and get paid the top dollars. Now I'm in mm -hmm. that position. But I had to get out of a contract. I had to get out of every time I won a UFC title, they extended my contract another year or another, actually a full 12, um, 12 calendar year. So when you won, it was good because you're making more money, but you can't go and see the free market in the free agency. Mm -hmm. So I can leave the UFC and make four times the amount of money I made as a champion. Now I look back and I look at, you know I me, mean, all the battles I fought. And I was a guy that was just, they marked me as like the public enemy. I was like the Tupac MMA. Because mm -hmm. I stood on what I stood on. I never bent. I never buckled. I never let the industry pay, um, buy me out. And all the fighters that are now speaking up for themselves, I know I was always a trailblazer and a pioneer. So yesterday they had a fight and I looked at all the payouts and guys that are not even the main event are making the same amount of money I was making as a, as a champion, undisputed reigning defending wow. champion, right? And the guy that just won his first title ever made double the amount of money I made in my last fight, which would have been my fifth title defense. So I can look at that in crowd spill milk, but I can also look at I paved that way because mm -hmm. now the conversations are different when you go into the office to talk to boss. But when I go to the table to get paid, people already know don't come to me with peanuts. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I'm, I'm in a negotiation right now and they want to they wanna pay me X, X, Y, and Z. And then I'm like, we can't do that. If you do it, this person going to hear about it and they going to try to do it. Mm -hmm. We're not about to do that. You only right. work with the real turn That's true. Yeah, I turned out a couple of things. I kind of learned like that. Maybe I shouldn't have, but then God got a way of bringing it back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal yeah. with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How did the Jake Paul fights come, come about? You know, I was actually cornering my homie, Ben Askren. Ben Askren got a fight, and once again, he had retired from the UFC, right? Mm-hmm. And he got permission, provisional permission, because he still was technically on contract, to fight Jake. 
Um, he helped me win world titles. He was my teammate in college, multiple time national champion, world champion, MMA fighter. He's a legend. And, um, he's been there for me for a lot of fights. And he's a, he's a wrestler that cardio, you can't even compare nobody to his cardio. He'll, he'll never get tired in a million years. But when I was getting in tip top shape, he was my measuring stick and he would always let me know you ready to go. And, um, I always appreciate that. So when he asked me to help him out, I said, I'm there. I said, I got my own stuff coming up. He said, I don't even need to train with you. I just want you to be at the fight. So I was there for him at the fight. We get backstage, and um, these Jake and his crew, they I mean, they, they they came from the YouTube world. Everything is a prank. Everything is a gag. Mm. That's the way they take it to make it light. Oh, I bet you can't do this. So I'm going to fight this guy that's a champion. If he wins or loses, he can't really lose, right? So I went in the back, and I'm like... All right, let me check your gloves. Make sure you ain't throwing no fucking, you know what I mean, bricks in there or something like that. So you have to go and check the gloves of the opponent. Him and his guys are kind of like trying to like ruffle my feathers to try to play the mind game. And I was like, if you know me, you really know I don't fuck around like that. So y'all can say whatever y'all want. Let's just get these gloves checked. So then they start trying to go back and forth. And I'm thinking to myself, part of me is like, I will smack the dude. Second part is, your dude finna get the biggest payday he ever got. Protect the bag. Don't do not do no bullshit. This ain't your fight. You're here for your dog. So I kind of let it go, right? At the end of the fight, my dog lost. And then he said, I want to see Tyra fight him. I'm like, I'll fight him? Shit. And then after that, all the fans wanted to see me fight him. So I never really, like, politic for a fight with the dude. Everybody else want to fight him because he's he paying a lot of money, right? And he paying a lot of money. Paying a lot of money. So I, I got the fight basically because of what I did and... The fans wanted to see it. Okay. So so the fight, the first fight, it go down. Mm-hmm. And what I, I can't remember. Can you help me uh remember how did how did it end as far I know you lost the, the first fight, the I'm first like, the first fight was a um first fight was a split decision. So two judges said that he won and one judge said that I won. Um I thought I won the fight because the first four rounds was kind of the filling out rounds, right? Mm-hmm. But in the fourth round is when I knocked them through the ropes. Technically, that's a knockdown. They didn't call it a knockdown. You, If the ropes is the only thing that keep you up, it should be a knockdown. Um, we went into the ring. The ropes was to the back of my head. That's how, I never seen a rope that high in my life. And they were really loose, right? So my coach, made he made a complaint about it. They tightened up the ropes. When they tightened up the ropes, that's what actually brought him back into the fight. So if they would have left the ropes the way it was, when I hit him, he would have hit the ropes and he would have sat to his ass. But he sprung back forward after I hit him. So I hit him, he went through the ropes, and I'm like, I'm going to try to send him through the ropes. So when I when he bounced back, he caught me out here, boom. So now I'm like, my damn arm is messed up. I'm like, finish the fight. I'm like, my arm feels like it's out of socket. So then I just started swinging crazy. I won that round. I won the fifth round. I won the sixth round. I won the seventh round. I won the eighth round. If you do the math, four, five, six, seven, eight. If I went five out of eight rounds, there's no way he could have won. Even if he clearly won the first three rounds and he never knocked me down. So I just felt like the fight was in Cleveland, Ohio, where he's from. The whole storyline was about this emerging YouTuber, blah, 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 blah. So it didn't make sense for the storyline for me to win the fight. I would have had to knock him out. So the second time we fought, I was actually on set filming Cobra Kai. I was filming a Cobra Kai in Atlanta. And um, I got a call from his manager and said, his opponent can't fight. Can you fight? I said, let's go. Two weeks. Dang. So I jumped into the mix. I started, I, I did 14 hours of filming. I started training at three or four in the morning, right when I got done filming, whatever time it was. We trained, went to sleep. I did that for two weeks. 
I got in shape. And I told you, I said, I'm going to look in better shape than him. I'm going to look. He's going to be the one that looks tired. And though I lost the fight, though I suffered a knockout, the first six rounds out of eight, I was smashing him. And he threw one punch at the same time I dropped my hand and landed the punch. Mm -hmm. But I can't take away from everything, building up, training for this fight, getting prepared with two weeks notice and being in better shape than he was, was that was actually the victory. But but is, isn't Jake bigger than you? Jake's bigger than me, but he, I don't know exactly how much he weighs, but I feel like if we walk out this door and somebody get in my face, I'm not going to check their weight. I'm not going to check their background. I'm not going to check their record. I'm going to try to fuck them up. Well, well that's absolutely true. But, uh, but you got to think. But we're talking about you in the rain where you have to be <clears throat> in, in close proximity and a person can lean on you for three three minutes. I never felt I never uh, felt that. I never felt the lean. He wasn't a good clincher anyway. That's okay. when he was. He, they broke the fight up too much because I was actually working him to the body. Um, my wrestling background, I was very good in clinch. So though people may be. Bigger than me, like I, I I work with my homie Jay Glazer in um in L.A. and I work with a lot of NFL guys and they do call it MMA athletics. So I mm -hmm. train them in martial arts, but try to make a static strength for like their sport. None of those heavyweights, none of those guys, they will be tongue out falling over because I just know how to move the person. He, we weighed in at one ninety two. That's what I walk around at one ninety two. So I don't feel like I lost that much weight. I mean, I had some, I had some. He had a height advantage. You're always fighting yeah. at light, light heavyweight, right? Something That's like that. That's light, 175 to light heavyweight. But y'all, yeah. y'all. Cruiser, cruiserweight. Cruiser, yeah. You came in at one, yeah, 190 is cruiserweight. 192, yeah, I came in at 192. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't mind that because I killed my body for so many years, man. I, I made 170 from 200, 205 my entire MMA career. And my dog would tell you many times it was not cute watching me make weight. That last point two or point three, like I'm damn near dead. And did you make more money like with those two fights with Jake than you than you made during your uh, career? No, nah, I mean like a lot of people, a lot of people want to believe that, and I just let people know what they know. Fans know everything. Hmm. Like, right, according to the fans, I'm retired. According to the fans, uh, the fight was fixed. According to the fans, I made the most money I've ever made. But I've had MMA fights where I made millions of dollars. I mean, I made $3 million in one fight. Damn. So when people think days. that I'm just not getting to the money, that was the first big purse. But we had a pay-per-view structure. Like, I fought on a car at Madison Square Garden, the first ever UFC fight in New York City. Madison Square Garden. We have the biggest gate. Nobody's ever topped it. Not Jay-Z, not Red <coughs> Chili Pepper, not Ali. We got the top gate ever in Madison Square Garden. The best pull UFC out, card well, in the history. Pull out receipts, bro. Pull out the from, receipts. From Madison Square. You pull know, out the receipts. Get old boys. Hold on. But, um, but on that card, yeah, I had to fight it at okay. night out of every fight. And I'm it's still to date the best card they ever had. So I made money. I made the most in a purse for that fight. But I made in pay per view structure and, and endorsements. I had already been making money. Did, did you come from a big family? Big family, thirteen. Uh, it's thirteen of you. Mm -hmm. Thirteen. Thirteen. Is that where you get this uh, this this prowess to fight? Man, we fought. Man, we fought, 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 fought. Yeah. My, my, it's funny thing is, my sisters were the fighters. They didn't want to snatch you out the car, drag you, crowbar, beat you up, stump you out. But I fought because I. That's why the life I live, and and the fact that I end up being a fighter is kind of funny because if you look at my sisters and you know how they was brought up, you would have thought one of them would end up being a fighter. Mm. But yeah, we definitely yeah. fought. 
remote control, last slice of pizza. So you got whooped by your sister a few times? A couple few. Me too, man. A couple few. But my sister, Callie, we used to whoop my ass. <laughs> Bully. All the way till I was 14 my, years old. My older old. sister was a damn dog. <laughs> she beat me up bad. And when did it stop when you got to that? To that championship stage? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, I had to stand up for myself one time, but she did throw yeah. me through a, the drywall. Dang. <laughs> yeah, she she had me in one hand, my brother on the hand. She spin us in a circle, threw me through the wall. So I was in the basement. I ended up in the laundry room, and I just remember, like, I'm going to get my ass with my mama. I got beat up and embarrassed. We tried to put the little, you know, remember the little playhouse? We tried to put the little playhouse over the hole. My mama said, move that booty house out of the way. He's like, get upstairs. I'm like, now oh, I got to get an ass shit. whooping. Yeah. Man, kids are crazy, man. man. How they yeah. thought that they were going to hide in the playhouse? The biggest the hole straight through the drywall. I don't know how I perfectly <laughs> went through between the damn uh, two by fours. I was in the, I was in the laundry room just sitting yeah, there man, like, damn. In the clothes, man, full of times. Yeah, my sister beat me up many times. Many embarrassing, not just a regular, like she beat me with a fish stick box one yeah. time in front of my dogs. And I was like, you can't ever come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you from uh, Ferguson or St. Louis? I'm from Ferguson. But, yeah. but until until the riots happened in Ferguson, most people just called it St. Louis because it's too, it's kind of like East part of, like East part of Houston. You wouldn't like, yeah. you sound from Houston. Yeah. Right. You know I mean, exactly. if you're from St. Louis, then we'd get, we'd narrow it down. We usually ask you what high school you went to. Mm-hmm. That's the St. Louis thing. You say, oh, what high school you went to? We're judging you off the top. Right. Do, mm-hmm. do you think you ever, um, do, are, are you in the, are you training now? Yeah. You been a fight? Uh, January. Who are you fighting? I can't say just yet, but okay. as soon as I sign the dotted line, I'll let y'all know. Shit, Jake Paul. Man, Jake Paul, dude. That, I don't know why that kid got me so pumped up to can train. He, can he fight? He can fight. He, no he, shit. He, he's like this. He's a kid that's like, um, Everybody want to see him get his ass beat. They want to see him taught a lesson. He the bully that's laughing through the ass with him. You never get, you never teach him a lesson. Remember he took Floyd hat. <laughs> yeah, they beat him up. He laughed the whole time. So they he really didn't. He didn't really learn the lesson. He laughed through it, and then he got a tattoo. Got your hat. Is Jake Paul a likable person to you? Um, to me, I never. I just know. I know it's behind the curtain. So I never took it personal. Mm-hmm. I know what he's trying to do. I know what he's trying to uh, build his brand. Um, he respects me a lot. Like Jake Paul and his brothers, fans of me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Many, many pictures of like when they was babies. One of just a fan of me is fighting his dad, his family. They all have been fans of me for a very long time. But to fight me probably just gave him the motivation that if I fought somebody I looked up to or I wanted to, you know, emulate because they came from a wrestling background. Um, I never really had a problem with him, but I knew that if I let his antics and I let the bullshit get to me, I knew that it would mess me up. The other people didn't take him serious. Mm-hmm. I trained hard for him. I took him way serious. I spent a lot of time, a lot of sparring sessions where I was not winning against people that are better, a lot of running. You know, Floyd knows guys, they don't play about this running. He came up to me, he said, hmm, you don't like to run, do you? Who's in that? Floyd. Oh, shit. And I'm like, what do you say? I said, no, nah, not for real. He said, that's why I can fight so long. And that's why I've been fighting for so oh, many yeah, years. Floyd, man, Floyd, I laced him Timberlands. Oh, up, yeah, him, man. Jim whoop ass and yeah, you run. Know, it's going to be very difficult home. to outwork Six, Floyd, seven man, days man. a week running. So, yeah, yeah, you're not going to so outwork Floyd. If, if I can yeah. go back, I would incorporate that back into the wrestling back when I first started fighting because mm. – we have to do so many different, we got to do MMA training together, right? That's usually once you got everything put in. But then you got to do wrestling, jujitsu, strength and conditioning, 
Then if you want to do some regular running, right? Then if you want to do massage therapy, chiropractor, yoga, all that stuff extra. Then kickboxing, Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. You got to find time for all that. And that balance is, you don't understand exactly the divine balance. So for me, I knew I was a high enough level wrestler that people would have a hard time taking me down. If I needed to get one, I'm probably going to get one. So I focus mostly on striking. Mm-hmm. I did 85% of my training on striking, 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 striking. If I can outstrike the striker, if I can dictate what a fight go, I'm going to win most of the fights. Yeah, I, I like I like Jake Paul too, man. Uh, I like him. I like him as, as I like him as a person. I think he's a very smart businessman too. He's um, smart as he he's dumb as shit, but he's smart as hell. Yeah, I I, I think he's he dumb. I don't think he's dumb. I think he does dumb too. shit, but he does it. It's Morning part. It's part of the act. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. part of what it's part of the act to get what he wants. You know, the, the, when I say he's dumb, I mean like he's that person that don't care. Ah, right. He'll get hit and he think it's funny. And he got, he got the, some guys just have dumpy power. We call it like, mm-hmm. you can just, and I have that. So I understand how dangerous it is. You don't matter where you at in a fight. If you can get there from right here, from right there, I can knock you out. And you can, boom, and you get on the right spot, you down. Mm-hmm. He has that and he knows that. And all he's really done, he's learned how to put himself in position to throw this punch. And it was my number one punch. And the number one thing somebody could have done to get hit by it is react and drop the hands. And he got me with my own shit. Because mm-hmm. I would always faint. I was always level changing. I would always make you think I'm going to something different. And when you bite on it, it's over. It's too late by then. So with that punch and just his ability to kind of not give a fuck, right? And he's training hard. He's letting y'all think he's not, but he's training hard. He don't have no kids. He mm. don't have nothing that's stopping him. Mm. He don't have any restrictions on wealth. He can bring in the best trainers, the best nutrition, right? And this whole thing is now formed around that. So he can get better faster than somebody that don't have enough money for the top trainers, right? Okay. They got three or four kids. They got a full-time job. They got to keep up at the same time, right? Or they're of age where their body's beat up. And now they don't, they can't do massage therapy, chiropractic work, yoga. So he has nothing stopping him. Plus, everything is a bucket list. Everything is a, a, a prank, right? Or a bet. And then he's wired a little weird. Yeah. That's just kind of a recipe that we haven't seen before. Would you fight him again? For sure. What kind of bread you going to need? I mean, he know what to pay me. You know, yeah, we 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 <laughs> we did all right, and and I made them money too. Nobody yeah. else, nobody else made them money like I did. No other fighter, not Anderson Silva, not we made money on that fight. And the thing about it is, nobody had the build up in the press conference. I called him out, mm-hmm. and I called him out. I really should have been calling out the people that issued him the culture, right? You can't vote without it being in being given, right? A bird can fly over as many hours and minutes as they want to, if there's nothing dead on the ground, they're not going to come down and get it. So when you look at the rap culture and you look at the people that are looking to get clicks and they want this new niche of a uh, YouTuber, right? They all in the studio with him. They all kiki key with him, right? But they're not, they're giving him the culture. So I called him out. I said, why you got on them five necklaces? You ain't Nipsey Hussle. Who in your neighborhood dressed like that? He's like, who's in your neighborhood? I sound from Ferguson, the number one murderous city in the country. Now, where are you from? Who's just like that? Who talk like that? Nobody. I said, You're, the rap you listening to is why I'm, what I live, where people around me, my family, currently still, right? So you're, you look stupid. You goofy. And your dogs won't even tell you. 
and everybody got quiet. But I was the first one that, that was came at him in a real, real way. So now when you look at the buildup, no buildup is going to match that. What we really should do is fight the MMA. Because a lot of people yeah. want to see what happens if we fight uh, him in that's, MMA. That's not going... I, I doubt if Jake would do that. That definitely would not be to his advantage. It would be the elbows. And Jake, like I said, Jake is pretty smart. The <laughs> Jake, Jake is pretty smart about giving himself a winning chance. Yeah. And that that's not that would not be wise. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go back to Ferguson, man. Um, So the Michael Brown uh, shooting where he was murdered by officer, uncivilized mud, Darren Wilson. Where where were you during that time? On a plane coming from um, Vegas. I took my son, uh, it was August 9th, it was his birthday. So I was flying on a plane, I was landing it in St. Louis, and then I was going to take a nap, and all of a sudden, my phone went crazy. And I'm like, you okay, you okay, you okay, you okay? And I'm like, what's going on? And they showed me what happened, they showed the riot stuff. Um, I used to date well, a young lady. happened a day later, like yeah. on the 10th, on yeah. August 10th. But I, but I found out about it, but I, I used to date, that's like my street in my neighborhood. So I used to date a girl in the building where he dropped at, right in front. Mm. Um, that quick trip, I can walk there from my house. I've been there many, many times where mm-hmm. they ride it at. So this is West Florissant. That's where the, the rides happen at. And my street is chamber, so I'm touching it. Mm-hmm. So my barbershop, they didn't touch my barbershop. People was outside with machine guns. They said, not this one. They burned the building to the side of it. They burned the building on the other side. There was a lot of people outside of Ferguson that did that. So it was a big, big uproar. And... um. I had to, I was in a training camp during that time. And the funny part is I was filming straight out of Compton and we were filming the riot scenes in straight out of Compton while the real riots was going on wow. in my city. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, now you were outspoken about the riots, yeah. the, the riots and the, and the, um, the unrest, the looting, yeah. you know, um, how much flag did you get from black people? None. About that. None, because at the end of the day, I still stood for what was right. I still stood for, I've, I grew up in Ferguson. We, if somebody pulled behind you, who got you? Oh, Ferguson got you. It was a known thing. Mm-hmm. It was always that way. Always pulled over. My dogs pulled over, beat up, thrown in panty wagons for no reason all the time. Racial profiling all the time. Uh, all your lights out. Let me check your car all the time. So we didn't recognize that that was something that was, not normal. We thought every city mm-hmm. had one of the Ferguson people there. So I didn't get no slack. Yeah, and because, every city does. Yeah, I didn't get no slack <laughs> because what I was saying was, like, if I'm going to tear some shit up, I ain't going to tear up my own neighborhood, my own street. And mm-hmm. it was not the people in Ferguson. So the people that live in our city, mm-hmm. they mad. People mm-hmm. came from out of state to loot. 
mm-hmm. out of the city to loot, mm-hmm. to vandalize. They didn't have to live there. They didn't have to watch that. You know what I mean? So I just seen business owners that I know, beauty supply stores, liquor stores that I've known for so many years since I was a kid. You know what I mean? I've been working my whole life. I was sweeping air in the barbershop. So when people outside looking like, all my shit gone, I, what do I go from here, right? They ain't have nothing to do with that. So I was, I was kind of tight about that, but I was more so tight that I put together a really big play for the UFC to get involved with it. I said, I'm from this city. This city mean a lot to me, right? And I said, it's a lot of people like myself. I got a buddy that's a trumpet player that's played in the Grammys at 18 years old. Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, Jay-Z. He's everywhere. A composer, right? Mm-hmm. I got a, per- a person that's an um, a engineer. builds missiles for, for Boeing, right? But they all came from the city. Why don't we showcase the good that come from the city? Why don't we bring about a change? Why don't we go and try to raise some funds to put this baby back together and increase awareness on the police brutality and how do we deal? How do we solve this problem? They didn't want nothing to do with it. Wow. Yeah. Did you did you talk to what's his name? Yeah. The the big guy? Yeah. Start with a D. What's his name? He told he he told did me. You talk uh, to him directly? He told me uh, I had a fight coming. I was fighting in Macau, China. And if you go back and look at my fight in Macau, China, you'll see I'm wearing a St. Louis hat, which is technically I'm supposed to get fined. We don't supposed to wear any other license stuff, mm-hmm. but I snuck it through and I got I had a St. Louis hat on there because I'm like my city hurting right now and I want to I want to go out here and represent for them. Once again, a lat two minute two week fight, I beat this dude skull, skull in sixty seconds and I made a strong statement and I and I dedicated that fight to my city. So I talked to him about it. He didn't want nothing to do with. It. He wanted me to stay away from the city Did so that I can make excuse? it to the fight. What was his excuse? He wanted me to stay away from the city so I can make it to the fight. And that was it, but but that but that went on. The riots went on for an entire year. Yeah. At any point, he could have stepped in and said, "Okay, we want to do something." To I know, think I think out. politically, he's pretty clear on where he stands um, on that. You know, what I mean, people that were um, for the not for the riots. Like I don't want to say Black Lives Matter because everybody like got an issue with what they were really doing with the money and the entity. I was saying that Black Lives Matter, the phrase. Because they do, right? Right? We we don't we didn't see that from any other um, nationality where they were just shot up and just no patience, and we didn't see that, right? right? But it was constantly shown with our people that it was it was easy to just pile, right? So that's what I was standing for. He, I don't, I don't, I can't really speak for him. I don't know what he did, but I, I did definitely put that on the table. I thought it'd been a huge opportunity. Fighting in a different country because when I went there, it was monks coming from India. Um, mm. J. Cole was there. Uh, my dog Nate Parker came in. Everybody was there to show their love and support in St. Louis and Ferguson. They came down there. J. Cole was there by himself, no security. And, and Park. He just pulled up. Nate Parker's my dog too. Yeah. So yeah, with, with that good cop, what, he, that, what that cop did, man, was was just that was terrible. Yeah. The trip part about it is the DOJ investigated uh, the whole entire Ferguson Police Department and found uh, uh, massive corruption uh, and discrimination and, that's what they and found. racism. But from what I understand, uh, not a lot has changed. Uh, Man, my dogs have been, I remember vividly, my homie, they took him behind the convenience store, put phone boots in his shirt and beat him because you won't bruise as much. They beat the dog shit out of him with, with uh, billy clubs. Damn. It's not it's not nothing new. It's been my friend that lives in Houston right now. I was golfing with him yesterday. Dude got out of the car and slapped him. Blow. No wait, 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 wait. What happened now? The lawman got out and slapped the kid? Yeah. 
Shit. I watched I mean, it. What do you do? Help your dog out? Isn't Ferguson, what, like 80% black? Oh, like I don't that. know the exact dynamics, but it's a lot of really nice parts of Ferguson. When you think of Ferguson, Ferguson is not really like St. Louis. Northside St. Louis is the trenches. Mm-hmm. That's the city city. Okay. Ferguson technically is in the suburbs. Okay. But they, just like any, if somebody see gang culture in California, right? But they don't live there. Most people in St. Louis don't move. It's like a nested city, right? So people are protecting these same blocks for 40 damn years. You got OGs 60 years old still banging on the same corner that they was representing when 14, right? So now when you got that mindset, they look at California and they want to turn up to match that level of violence or match that level so they get, they want to feel like they got that credit, right? But they go above and beyond. And that's why St. Louis was a murder capital for so many years in a row, right? Before the pandemic. So now when you think about that, that, that category, you got people that are turning up, you got law enforcement that are, they ain't getting no respect. When I see the police behind me or anybody, put your seatbelt on, look forward, don't move, don't breathe. That's what we do, right? Yeah. Like they don't move, don't breathe, put your seatbelt on, take drive head, slow. Take your head off. Everything, right? And it should be a situation where they're protecting and serving. Now, some police officers, that get a bad rap. And maybe Mike Brown got a bad rap from the from the kids. I was like, man, I ain't doing nothing. Fuck you. Know, I dressed the same way. And this dude was probably, I don't know, it wasn't even Darren, whatever the dude that did it. Darren Wilson. This person probably was tired of getting um, told, get the fuck out of my face. No respect, right? Probably was, probably was not the popular dude growing up. Probably had all type of stuff. And he used his authority to get off. That's all that happened. He got off on that kid. He yeah, needed but, to but go on the sidewalk. But, There's nothing but, else he needed but, to do. Uh, ultimately, I, I believe that the reason why he shot him because he was black, because he, all of that, th- those things can be true, that he was been told to get the fuck out of my face. And I'm sure some white people have told him to get the fuck yeah, out of my face. But, but man, you know, I'm he sure wanted he, to get off. I'm he sure. said that he reached in the car for his firearm, that right there should have been, you know, that yeah. should have been the end of that story. Because when we see the laws pull up, we're we, we, we not going to run. But we're not going to be, you know, going all in their car and trying to talk to them and, you know, leaning in their shit, man. I ain't gonna, I'm not coming up to that car. Yeah. I wouldn't even imagine. That's why you know he lied. I wouldn't even imagine. He lied. He lied yeah. his ass off. And 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 the, 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 the judicial system is so fucked up until they accepted that lie. They prepared the whole city well, they, for two days. Man, they, they, shot, probably, they already they knew probably the verdict crafted was going to be. the lie for him. Yeah. Yeah, they probably did. You know, a lot of I'm times when they the, kill, they don't even interview them. They don't get no statements or anything. They get to hang out and, and yeah, kick it, they, and they go. Uh, uh, they they get to be anonymous until they get the story right. Did you see the the uh, the aut- autopsy? No. Man, he had shots in the back of his forearm, bro. Ain't didn't he have any shots in the back of the arm? Yeah. And nothing. You shot him from the back, man. Yeah, they they um. That's a lie. They prepared the city for two weeks. Because they knew when the verdict came out, they knew everybody was going to turn up. So I got pictures on my phone right now. Um, Humvees everywhere, parked everywhere, prepared. Mm -hmm. Martial law, um, National Guard, everything you can think of already. Wow. So we already knew what the verdict was. If it wasn't, then why would they need that? Nobody's going to go crazy because justice was served. Mm -hmm. So they was prepping. like some people I know that works in like the the government offices, they kind of already kind of like, guys, I need to be prepared. This mm-hmm. is about to go down, da 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 da, and it went down. How much has changed since? Um, 
you know, to be honest, no matter where I'm at, I try to just, I try to stay out the way. Did that black district Everyone. attorney get in? The black DA get in? I don't think so. It was a black DA at one time, wasn't it? I don't, I would have to check on that. I think it was a black DA that, 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 that um, we got to look into that, Willie. I think the DA was, is, is, is well, was, should still be in office. Well, Ferguson is, is big on police uh, policing for profits, just like all of the other cities around America is. And that's the fundamental problem with police. Not a lot of owners of homes and they, they got quotas and taxes. They're trying to like, they're mm-hmm. trying to get it through the tickets. They're trying to get it through the stuff. He could have gave a kid a ticket. Yeah. No, he had it on his mind to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to kill him. It was hunting season for him. Had to be. Yeah, that's cold-blooded, man. And and, and that's a, a commonwealth state, right? So I don't I don't expect for black people to get a fair um shake in that justice system at all when you come to those states like that. It's tough. It's real tough. That one was one I, and everybody thought it was a clear case of um guilty. Shot him in the yeah. from in the back, bro. They had I mean he had to shoot him at all. Blood. I mean you could have I mean I don't know the protocol. Oh, but it was I don't over know. some damn sweets. They say like, <laughs> over some, uh, some, some cigars, bro. Mm-hmm. A day before some shit, right? Or 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 a few hours before. Yeah, it was day of. Yeah, day of. Man, come on, dog. Man, what do we do to fix that? Uh, fix this um, racial um, disparity. This this. Uncomfortable being, being conversations. Treated, being, being treated. I don't give a fuck about the conversation. I I, I love to have a, the conversation all yeah. the time. But what do we do to 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 make them stop fucking with us like this? The only way that I feel to change it is to have those uncomfortable conversations and have law enforcement chiefs and have people of the community come together and work out. <coughs> it's it's really authority that's been hoarded over. Right? That's all it is. But ain't that what we always been trying to do? Come to an agreement and talk and all that shit? I yeah, really we, haven't we, seen much we, much of that. We're all talked out, man. This this yeah, conversation's happened every you, every single day. Uh I think that in, in order to to get some justice, to get some some real to be treated like human beings, I think number one, uh, because we live in a capitalistic society, number one, uh, we should uh, practice group economics. That's number one. How because do we do that? We we got to spend our money with each other, and we have to we have to pool our resources. I mean, we have to do exactly. The Jewish community already showed us how to do it. Uh, they, they 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 the blueprint is right there. So that's one. That's and, power. And, and and because you know when once you get once you get the money, you get the power. You get the you get the power. You got the influence. And and and. You influence the decisions in government, you know. <clears throat> you influence these municipalities, you know. You know. These cops, all of a sudden, they start acting right. The reason why they don't mess with certain people because they know what's going to come with that. You see, it's it's not that they, it's not that they <clears throat> have not been trained properly. It's that that they pick and choose when they want to use that training properly. That's that's the point. So and, I think that's a long. Thing, that's a long. The, like I think the training. The cameras and how to do things is they really should train martial arts. If you got to sustain or you got to neutralize somebody without using your force, 
you should be able to do that. Well, it used to be like that. It used to, they used to would put in a little work. They would chase you. You, know, you start running, they'd run behind. Maybe two years you before know, that program would they just, be implemented uh, though, You right? run, pow. Uh, yeah. You know, they shoot you in the back. You know, it used to be when, even if they did shoot you in the back, that was automatically, uh, you know, you, you're fired. You know, that's an automatic lawsuit. Now, you shot them in the back. Uh, well, I feel for my life. Yeah, you know. So the other point that I was going to make, and this is a two. I think this is a twofold remedy. The other one, the other side is uh, something that I can't even mention, and I think that we've done everything else, and you got to read between the lines on the second one. I already know you don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, if you don't, do that, I can't do nothing for you, bro. Come on, Willie. Just I can't say do nothing it, for you. I can't do man, nothing for you. Man, get us canceled. Yeah, I think I can't um, do nothing he said, for get you. us canceled up in this book. Get us canceled, get us, Willie. Man, let's talk about your acting career, man. You're doing yeah. good, oh, yeah. man. No You're shit. good. Go. You're good at that, man. Go. <laughs> you, you, you're really good at that, man. You know, like, uh, what what's coming up next? for, the, for You know, I just, I just, um, I just did. I like, hey, switch that subject. I, I support that. No, but I, <laughs> but I knew what you were saying. Yeah, he gonna, he um, I don't know what he's saying. But first, <laughs> tell, first, tell everybody the movies that you you've been in, the the, the roles that you played. Uh, I played T Bone and Straight Out uh, Straight Out of Compton from the Lynch Mob. I did uh, Sons of Anarchy, Agents of Shield, um, Olympus Has Fallen, Kickboxer. I did um, most recently. I did Cobra Kai. I played a sensei. That's the number one show on Netflix. I did uh, one of my favorite ones I did Cutthroat City that the RZA did so it's me my homie um, Demetrius Ship. we played Tupac in the documentary Terrence Howard Wesley Snipes um, that movie was number one on Netflix as well but that was like a Hurricane Katrina story network yeah that was hard <laughs> oh shit yeah, that was hard I've been in a lot of films a lot so of TV man, shows don't, don't go out there and, and be fighting and shit but no the, more but, man but the, but, the, but the money is in fighting and, and I feel like God God showed me the way I was gonna walk away and uh, I ain't hit that yet so I'm building up to to finish that last chapter, do it the way I was supposed to do, and then everything else goes off of that. People put you in the movies. If it's this guy versus you, they're gonna use you. If it's pretty even, you you gonna you gonna get a a Will Smith role here pretty soon. No, I'm, I'm dead no, I know you, I'm, I'm You'll on get that, that yeah. but I just want you to be prepared when he walk up there and slap the shit out of you. I'm gonna fade back. I'm gonna let him hit that air. I'm gonna let him hit that air. I support him slapping um Chris Rock. I know you do. Are, yeah. Why? Why? Because he's tired of people, man. Everybody got something to say I'm about him. I'm tired of people too. He. All right. I, I don't. I can't speak on what's going on in his household, but it seemed like you know everybody on the internet got something to say about him. Got something to say about the situation, ship, or all these different things. They've been kind of coming at him. So I think he was just man, fed up. That's that man house, man. That's that man house. No, I don't. I don't have no. I don't have no problem with what's going on in his house. But I'm saying the internet. Like I feel like, to be honest, I feel like he he actually has it figured out. Do what you want to do, because yeah. no matter what people say, you don't have to feed them. You have to live with them. No matter what religion we worship, we violating it anyway. Hmm. Are we not? Hmm. So I'm we not, living under. I ain't violating my religion. Okay. Well, most people are. Ninety nine percent of the people. Yeah, guess my religion. What's your religion? <laughs> Not you, him. Right. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, I'm stumped. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it, just like. But you. just think about that when you yeah. think about that pressure, right? You all, we always like. I had to reuse Kanye West, but he said a, a phrase that he said the the worst thing that I deal with in school is what? What's the worst thing about school for you? When you was in school, what's the worst thing about it? Shit, for me, going. 
<laughs> All right, outside the door. When you when you went there, what the, <laughs> the test, right? It wasn't the worst thing for me. For most people, the worst thing is the anxiety you get is when you get that test. That's where you get the grade at, right? Mm. So why are we bringing that into our lives where we letting people test us? Where we letting people, oh, you should be dating this girl because you make this amount of money or you should be doing this, keeping up with the Joneses pretty much, right? He said, I don't, I don't have to be what you want me to be. I don't, I don't go out there and try to pass your test. I just am. This is what I do. I, I just am. That. And I, I feel like if you are already doing it anyway, just be who you are. If the person you with and yeah, I got this understanding and that's the way I live in, why does it matter what other people think? Like society is this. Today is okay, tomorrow's canceled, right or wrong. Right? It's the worst stock you can invest into. So why would I keep investing into the stock? Society tells us date off, oh, I want to date this girl because she got a fat ass, she's cute, da 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 da. I don't know what kind of connection I got with her. I don't know none of that. All I know is my eyes want and I want to date her, right? The same people that set you up to date that way, I work for TMZ. I have my own show. You know what I mean? Emails I got, you know what I mean? My homies, I had to like, we didn't get that email for my dog that's in this sport or that sport. Or we need to switch this up a little bit, right? So now when you think about it, the same people that set you up to date that way are the people that's waiting on you to fail. It's the most, the most watched. Kardashian, or divorce. Nobody's talking about the goody tissue stuff. Everybody want to talk about this person did, stuff. yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's the same setup. So why are we invest in that? Do what you feel comfortable with. Do what you want to do. Live your life. Make the people around you happy, and stay true to what you are. And that's what I. That's what I feel like. We all should do. So I feel like Will is kind of doing that, but I feel like he a little scared to kind of just be. This is what I am, right? So now you got to take a little bit of a little, little heckling from here and there. And I think he got tired and slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. No, bro. You, you, you. <laughs> Chris Rock. Are they cool? I mean, yeah, they cool as fuck. Both of them cool as fuck. I mean, were they cool with each other? Did, I'm sure. Was, that's was he okay with dropping at them bars? I mean, it's 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 comedy, bro. It's, you don't think he should have slapped him? I mean, I wouldn't have slapped him up there on stage like that. What you did? You I don't know that. I would. I, I wouldn't have went up on that you stage. You don't know that. Well, you don't know. I, that. I do know what I that's would. Like, that's done. like trying to tell Will Smith how to feel. You don't know that. That's like somebody trying to tell you how to feel. Well, I know I'm smarter than that. His facial expression showed me that it was a little bit more behind I'm going to tell you something, bro. I don't know if I would have done it or not. I don't know. I, I would hope I wouldn't have done it. I would hope I had restraint. And, and went to the back. Because I because I know, I, because I know the, the repercussions. The, he comp got to ask you know, the consequences yeah. of something like that. I would hope that I would have had that restraint. Just but I'm, but I'm not sure if I would have had it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I and, think and, I think and, we and should slap all disrespect. Maybe not in that setting. Say it again. I think we should slap out all disrespect. Okay. All right. Well, in general, slap the fuck out of disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, think about I, what I, we do. Uh, we get into it if somebody step on your shoes, but you're gonna let somebody disrespect your woman. You're not gonna say nothing. People didn't got shot over that. That's true, right? So uh, okay, I'm 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 gonna stay and get back. And in my I, I I wouldn't I I wouldn't let either slide. You know what? You say I would let either slide. Let me say <laughs> when I was, you're not gonna disrespect my woman, but as far as like stepping on my shoe when I was younger, I would take supreme offense to something like that. Somebody stepped on my shoe and did say excuse me. See, yeah, my like, thing is like, man, just say excuse me. You know, like say excuse me, yeah. because you know that's what. 
that's what happened with me and Bill. Bill didn't say, excuse me. You know, when he bumped the first time I met him, he didn't say, excuse me. He bumped me and didn't say, excuse me. And that's what set me off. Like, man, just say, excuse me, just be a gentleman about it, you know? Because so, so I bump into what people. If, if, anytime you're in a crowded space, especially, you know, you're going to bump into people, yeah. whatever. You might step on somebody incidentally, you know what I'm saying, accidentally. And you just say, hey, man, my fault, my bad. Yeah. They ain't got, that don't make you look weak. In fact, I feel like it make you look stronger. Yeah. You know, hey, man, my bad. And keep it moving. Be a gentleman about it. But somebody just do it and then act like, you know, like you're nothing, like you yeah. wasn't even there. No, St. Louis the same way. And don't, don't apologize. Especially when you're willing to do it yourself. That makes it yeah, even man, double I, worse. That, that, that get under my skin, man. Man, I'm having an asthma attack, man. Yeah. Asthma, do your thing. He said, "Ask me your day." Didn't do funny. <laughs> y'all funny. <laughs> how long y'all been going at it like this? That's my how many, guy. How many man. That's my guy. His birthday is a few days away, man. His how many decades? His birthday is eight days after mine. That's my guy. He's a Scorpio. How many decades y'all been going at this? Two, three, three decades. Three decades. Man. Three decades. I tell him, man, I'm finna die. He say, "Kick his ass." <laughs> I didn't say kick. I do not curse. I'm a Christian. Hey man, I'm done, man. <laughs> do, do you do you have any more um, uh, uh, things that you want to address? Because I'm sick of Will. You sick of Will? Name yes. Will? There ain't nothing I can do about that, man. Shit, I can't breathe. You know, he, we he, he, he talking about. He glad I got an asthma attack. I didn't say I was glad. I said asthma. Do your thing. Well, that, that sounds happy to me. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like, asthma, do your thing, man. I, you know, they ain't hating or nothing like that. Man. It sounds like hate, man. What's yeah. next, yeah. though? And all, and man, for me, I got I got a lot of stuff coming up. I got a TV show coming up. I got a TV. Um, TV show. I got my own TV show I'm working on right now. Uh, what, what, uh, was it? You got it's a comedy. It's a comedy? Mm, it's oh, comedy you got to put me on that yeah, shit. It's comedy. I got you. I'm way funnier than him. Got a comedy show, so <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that way next. Way more funnier than Willie, dog. Fighting. Obviously, and then uh, I got some other business stuff I'm doing as well. But if I would shed some light on anything, especially being here in St. not St. Louis, Houston, um, we can't go off the show without talking about what happened the other day. I don't know when the show going to air and when it's going to come out, but we lost somebody in the in the community um, of music, yeah. and um, just yet again a sad thing. And um, I just want to send condolences to his family, to take off family. To anybody he left behind, I don't know if he has kids, but I just know in general, um, we got to find a way to stop this because Bruh. culture is music, and that these artists can't shit. go around and do their job without feeling hitting me so and, hard, and, man. Yeah, that should really, yeah. really cut, man. It's the most dangerous it career right really now. Really cut, man. R.I.P. Takeoff. R.I.P. Takeoff. And he was. Dope. Yeah. Can I be real? Bruh, he was cold. He was dope. Me and my son was talking about that. He was man, slept on for a long time. He was time. slept on for a long ass time, but man, the boy was dope. Yeah. And he wasn't even, in, he not in no shit though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he wasn't in no shit, man. God damn. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But we got all these eye openers over and over again. And it's like, what do we do? Like, you know what I mean? These artists. They going out here and they entertaining and they they bringing so much life through music. Everybody, white, black, green, purple, orange, they yeah. selling out all these shows. But how do we protect them? We 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 have to reinstall the instructions 
to the game, Willie. Oh, G's got to let these young kids know that it's we off the limits. We have to reinstall the instructions, well, you, man. You, you know, uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> right now, <clears throat> the instructions was when we went to go do anything in the city, we did what we had to do, and we got the fuck back to our rooms. We got back on base. Yeah. If we if we went to the club, we all went to the club together. And we knew, we knew coming in there, we knew leaving here that that was their town. Yeah. And whatever the fuck they had going on in their town, that's what went on in their town. Yeah. We stayed in our lane. Yeah. We stayed in our lane, bro. See, Jack Boys right now glorified. And then the Jack, pandemic. Jack Boys, man. But but it's making the it's making it's like this. You got people that are glorifying that, especially when the pandemic. It's nothing to be masked. Your identity is covered anyway because everybody got a mask on, right? So you got that, and then you got the culture now that's really flashy. So much jewelry, so much money in your face, so much this, so much that. So now people are glorifying in their music, robbing people, right? So the violence is already going to jump through the roof. Then you got people. If I know he in here and he got this on me. Or now we get into an altercation, then it becomes pride. Pride's been taking us out for so many years, right? But it's misplaced pride. It's misplaced pride. You should be proud about the wrong shit. We should be, mm. you know, like, that's, that's you, should the bar. Be, you should be proud about you somebody know, making it being out. Being able to take care of your family, you know, being there for your children to see your kids raised by you and not another man. You know, you should be proud that, that, you know, you you were able to buy your parents a house after they've taken care of you for your whole life. Amen. Yeah. You know, to be able to retire your grandmother. You know, yeah. that's just that's yeah. the shit you should be proud of. You should be proud that you escaped the traps that they got out here for you. They got Amen. these traps everywhere for us. You should be proud that you were able to escape and you didn't let them uh, send you to the penitentiary. Maybe you, maybe you made a mistake or whatever, and then you know the lawyers got you out of a jam. You say, okay, I learned my lesson. Thank I'm out of here. Yeah. That's the type of shit you should be proud of. Be proud that you sent kids, you you sent your kids to college and they got degrees, or you know uh, they're self sufficient, independent adults. Be proud of shit like that. Amen. We're proud mm -hmm. of the wrong type of shit. You're proud of shit that you don't own and shit that you don't control. Mm. You know that's the shit that we're proud of, and that's the shit makes truck. absolutely no sense. And it all stems from a lack of self-esteem. You got these big dudes out here running around at, with these guns. Everybody got a gun, and they think the gun gives them the power. When, if the gun gave you that much power, why is it that somebody can take the gun away from you? And now what do you have? Yeah, so these guys, no matter how big they are, no matter how dangerous they say they are, once they go out there and do something dummy, uh, them people come get them and they just go freely. But but before the people come, they gorillas. They kill us. They gorillas. Yeah. Nobody can stop them. They're uncontrolled. They're uncontrollable. The, the moment them people come in, they acquiesce. They fall back. Acquiesce. You know, they yeah. fall back and they take they take whatever those people give them. 50 years, 70 years, 80 years, 190 years, whatever, and they go do that time. Whether they like it or not, they bow the fuck down. Yeah. But why does you? Why do you got to go through all of that when you see people before you going through it already and already losing their lives, already putting their mamas on the front row, already abandoning their, abandoning their children, already spending all of their days in some in a damn 
cage with grown ass men's going men going to take showers, uh, 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 dick to ass, yeah. you know, uh, oh, st- standing dick to ass. ass with men in a shower, bro. Like, <clears throat> why would you put yourself in that position when you see it happening to everybody else? Why would you go through all of that? It makes absolutely no sense. How do we get our brothers to weigh the cost it, before they do? You know what they got to do? You got to you got to do what I learned to do. Love myself. Because when you love yourself, you ain't going to put yourself in certain predicaments. You're going to change the way you eat when you love yourself. Damn, that's mm-hmm. hard. You ain't, it ain't just going to be the, 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 the type of energy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Really the real deal. It, it, it's not going to just be about who you decide you're going to hang around. It's going to be, you're going to take care of your body and your, 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 your mind and your spirit in every sense. And you, you just, it's certain kind of energy, you're not going to even put yourself around. Once you learn uh, to love yourself, you say, you know what? Them fools over there, they shoot at that club every damn week. It's a damn shooting over there. I think I'm not going to go over there because Mm -hmm. they shoot over there and the people that go there seem like they don't like living. I like living. You know, this shit feel good. (laughs) This is motherfucking air. This is oxygen. This shit feels good to me. I don't know if you heard about um, what happened with us when we when Willie was when we were supposed to play um, play ball mm-hmm. with the Astros when we were getting ready to do our World Series thing or whatever, and um, Willie went into his speech, but he gave a similar speech like that at, at Minute Maid Park, and that's why we didn't get a chance to say play ball because they cut his mic off. Man. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. It's, 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 been, it's been great. It's I been great conversating sure. with you guys. It's, it's been great having Tyron. Uh, uh, I appreciate you, my love. Look, it's, it's, it's been great having Tyron on the show. Thank you for coming on the show. Man. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you. And, um, yeah. yeah, I got some game too. Ladies and gentlemen, no, Tyron. Really to be the master at that mm. shit, man. Mm. I'm just here to. to, 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 to Antagonize him <laughs> to bring it out, but he's dope with this shit. Yeah, but thank you for coming out, bro. Man, I'm glad to be here it. for sure. For sure, we gotta do it again. This episode was produced by A King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and, and iHeartRadio. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school. Like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.